Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. It's time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love twin. country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the room, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live <laughs> from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. Uh, yes, and we're also doing it out of the largest internet radio network in the world, Live365.com, on channel Twin Talk Cast Radio. And we want you Twin guys Talk to Cast. know that we're doing some amazing things. We're bringing a lot of things into Theo Luis's garage that we're going to be launching. We'll be opening that big garage door, letting people in, and you'll be finding all kinds, a potpourri of content, if you will. Did you say pot purry? Potpourri. Pour it on me, baby. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and today, what we have today, we have a, a really cool guest today. Um there's this new documentary film that hasn't been released yet. We got the director and the producer uh, here today, Walter Dominguez, writer, director, producer, and executive producer, uh, and formerly uh, a former actor on uh, Will and Grace. She was uh, Rosario. Her name is uh, Shelly Morrison. They're going to be here later on. We're going to play a little bit of that later that uh, a clip from uh, from that uh, so, film that hasn't been released yet. So Walter and Shelley both here. Uh, the name of the film is Weaving the Past: A Journey of Discovery. Uh, what a cool ass! Uh, <laughs> what do they call it when you see it before it comes out? Eh, screener. I got a screener. Eh. I've never done a screener. I feel like all important y todo. Eh. <laughs> I screened it. Eh. It, no, 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 no. It's not. It wasn't like a, a you know a drug test or anything like that. But uh, it was a gr- great, uh, compelling story about uh, you know he's searching his roots uh, in Mexico and uh, uh, things that he didn't know about his his. Uh, he knew his family. He thought he knew his grandfather, whom, whom he loved very well. He didn't know so much. You're about telling him. the whole story now. No, we'll talk about it later on. It's it's yeah. very awesome, dude. It's, I'm excited uh, about. Anyway, so you, you screened it también. Eh? I did screen it. I saw it, and it's. Good film. Uh, um, Jackie didn't screen it. I'll send you the link. Walter Dominguez and um, Shelly Morrison, producer and the director slash producer and narrator and all that of the film, Weaving the Past, Journey of Discovery. We'll be here with us tonight. Also, as we do every week on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, straight out of Telemundo and NBC, multimedia journalist Jackie Casas is going to be with us with the News and Dirty Laundry. Jackie, what do you have to preview for us on the News and Dirty Laundry tonight? Hey, guys. Tonight on News and Dirty Laundry, summer has just begun, but we've already had an outrageous number of toddler deaths left in hot cars. I'll tell you what a dad from North Carolina decided to do about it. Also, have you had some sort of 
rash and had no idea why. <laughs> Angel, that rash Please. you were telling me Cochino. about. Cochino. Cochino. That rash you've been telling uh, me about. Cochino. Not that kind of rash, guys. Not that kind of rash. <laughs> it just might be your iPad that's responsible oh. for that little pesky rash. And finally, swimsuit uh. season is here. But is your behind ready? I'll let you know what's the latest trend on getting your hiney shiny. <laughs> All that and more coming up on News and Dirty Laundry. And only we have the News and Dirty Laundry with Jackie Casas and on do. Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm so proud so of that. Eh? Stay tuned here with us tonight for that. We want to give you an opportunity to also chime in with us throughout the show. You can give us a call the old-fashioned way at 626-275-8946. Twin, eh? Or, let, me, let me do that again. At 626-275... Go ahead. Twin, 626-275-8946. Give us a call throughout the show. We'll be glad to take your calls and comments. Criti- critique. Lotus, I said didn't say criticism. I said your critique. Why you say it like that, eh? Because I don't want you guys to criticize us. I want to say, hey, maybe you can critique So us. call in, eh? Good night. What's up, Holmes? Call in. Hey, also, don't be shy like that, eh? Also, you can uh, uh, contact us or make comments on uh, The New Way, which is on social media. We have a Facebook page. Go to Facebook, uh, look for Twin Talk Show, and friend us, and you can comment on our wall. Billy Goodnight did chime in about four minutes ago. He said, let's do this. You can also go on Instagram, but we like to say Twinstagram. Uh, look for Twin Talk Show. Y también Twitter. And we like to say Twitter. Look for Twin Talk Show. Eh? Look, like and for you, for since and liked it at us. Hey, eh? liked it at us. Jackie, the the Wi-Fi is now called Theo Luis's Garage, and the password is Twin Talk Show, all one word. Since when? Since when is there is there a password? We got high tech. Theo Luis has always been like you know <laughs> we can jingle and like, jangle things like pirate. He's our word, eh? Hey, bootleg. All bootleg and all. How yeah. dare he get fancy on us? Anyway, but at least he named it. Hey, the password is Coyote, man. (laughs) Coyote is a password. That's how you pass across the border, eh? (laughs) Anyway, so thanks so much for tuning in with us. You know, again, Facebook, give us a chat on there throughout the show. Call us at 626-275-8946. Or like my brother says, 626-275-DWIN. If you like spelling it out. Oh, Jackie, I got a thumbs up. Yes. You're in Theo Luis's Wi-Fi now? Yes, I'm allowed now in the club. I gave out the <laughs> Wi-Fi to the world because it's not like they're going to get it from here. It's a janked Wi-Fi. We're pirating it from the next-door neighbor. <laughs> yeah, don't be giving away the password, eh? <laughs> I know I used to jank that before. How was your week, brother? My week was good, eh? Um, you know, I, I've been really trying to uh, take advantage of the summer. You know, last summer was really like, we really, you know, we had a lot on our plate, my wife and I. Uh, so we didn't really uh, the last couple of summers. What were you had? What did you have all on your well, plate? A couple summer? of years ago was my wedding, so it was a lot of planning. Yeah, here. yeah. But after that, you're just last, on honeymoon stage. Well, no. My, last year, you know, we we had the, the my my Real, oh got gotcha, My gotcha. sister in law was ill, and uh, so like right. this year, we're really my wife and I are doing it with a vengeance. Hey, we're going to the beach all the time. I saw those pictures you posted from the nude beach. We uh, you we think, go, I think I'm stupid. Hey Jose, I've been there, dude. I know the background. Hey Jose, I got it. 
to keep this tan even, eh? Yeah, but you know what? You got no, I got no tan lines here, Jackie. You, yeah, because you want to see my tan lines? I think I'm okay. You know I how ain't we got did? any. That's so, why okay. you're not going to see him. You I, know the secret, Jackie? I got none. You know the secret? He lifts the lonja. <laughs> Sun's under and the lonja. Spreads out evenly. <laughs> So yeah, I, yeah, that's I was pretty spread out there, tanning all over the place. But what a beautiful! I mean, Southern California has some of the most beautiful beaches. All of, in fact, all of California, which is you know, uh, pretty. You know, we we California out of the whole United States or the Pacific Rim, if you will. We we bogart the Pacific Rim because on the east on the west side we take most of the uh, Pacific Rim, and then it's Oregon and Seattle, Washington. Seattle is in Washington, but yeah. Okay, Seattle you know what does, I mean. Seattle's not on the Pacific, but the but it, it is on the Sound, which opens up into the Pacific. Uh, on the what? The Seattle Sound. Seattle Sound? The Sound. That sounds like a basketball The team. Sound is like a big water, body of water, like a lake sort of. Seattle's not in a... It's not in the, it's not in the ocean, it's on... It's oh, it's sound. a city, right? It is a city. Well, you know what I mean. Those it's two city, states. It's in Washington. You, you know, got right? the, you were close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We bogart. We bogart the Pacific Rim, and we. I love it. I mean, we. You know, not too long ago, you're my also wife, bogarting this conversation. Yeah, dude. Right now. It's because you know. I mean, La Jolla has, is a great beach, but it smells like seals. Well, of course, because it's natural. There's a whole bunch of seals there, dude. They're so cute. How do you how do you handle being nude there when those skydivers and those those, those gliders were hanging over with you? their with their GoPros? Yeah, I'm they like, all got cameras. Hey, with take them. a close up of this, huh? <laughs> they go. They're like, <laughs> it has to be a close up because I can't. Not see Charlie. It. They're all like, you're gonna need a bigger lens, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and they look at your lonjas and they're gonna say and they say you're gonna need a bigger boat. Hey, man, so <laughs> I, I, there's nothing wrong, you know. I mean, uh, you know, when I first, I told you the first time I did this, it was an accident. Remember, Jackie? Mm -hmm. It was an accident. It was up north. You know, my wife and I went hiking. and Whatever. We ended up at a nude beach. I didn't know how it was a nude beach. But, but you just decided to, to join you liked the crowd. You liked I'm a it. seasoned nude beacher now. Nice. I'm seasoned. So a bunch of old people, just like you at the beach. Now, nah, Charlie, right? there's a bunch of colleges right there. You got Scripps College. Yeah, you got but University I, I, I know of there are colleges there, but, but that doesn't mean college kids go, dude. They're all a bunch of old men and old hippie ladies. Nice. I think hey. I want to retire in like a nudist colony area. No, I went to nudist Nothing colony. Nothing wrong with it. There's a nudist colony over there by Glen Helen Blockbuster Pavilion. Real close by. Really? Yeah, like right across the freeway. You know the freeway where we go around through to Kenmore? Up that where it, where it does the round. On yeah, the, the two fifteen. If you're going north and you look to the right, it's Glen Helen, and you look to the left, there's like a, a, a nondescript little area. That's a nudist colony. Nice. Oh, sure. Yeah, and I went there years ago for a shoot. I, I would never go as a. I thought it might be cool. No, to right. Yeah, right. No, no, no. that's just excuse no, every time. I'll right? be glad to to tell you if I went as to go nude. Uh huh. But no, you look around, it's nothing but viejitos, all like with their lonjas, and. I'm sorry. When you see the white pubic, uh -uh, you're like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so liberating, Jose. It's liberating. Um, Just I, let it go. I, I walk around my house nude. That's enough for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, uh, Billy Goldenight says, Angel, go down to OB, brother. Awesome little beach town, and you'll fit right in with the dreads, homies. What's OB, brother? Ocean Beach, bro, in, in San Diego. Oh, there's dreads down there? Yeah, it's chill. It's real hippie-like and party town. You know, if there was dreads at the, the nude beach, I wouldn't be able to tell because who's looking there? <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's time for your shout-outs. 
And your shout-outs are brought to you by Aladdin's Junior II, Mediterranean Cuisine and Concert Venue. Tell you a little bit more about that. But first, I want to give some shout-outs to all my nudies over there <laughs> at the most awesome beach in Southern Cal. I'm not going to, nondescript location. I also want to give a shout out to, I don't know, I forgot his name, eh? but the owner of my wife's and I favorite, favorite hamburger spot, you and your your chick, who's a, the waitress there, always great food and a, and a good time. Shout out to you. I also want to sh- give a shout out to uh, Taj. Welcome to the West Coast, baby. We got a house guest right now. Taj is in town. Hi, baby. Uh, a shout out to Nicole. Get any shout outs, bro? I want to give a shout-out to uh, Edwin um, Calderon and Gotti Schwartz, who went down to Guatemala and Mexico to, to do the story on the uh, unaccompanied children. I migrants. saw part of that on, on the news. Yeah, um, Gotti Schwartz called in last week into, into the uh, uh, Twin Talk cast, uh, Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Unfortunately, the internet situation was bad, but uh, thank you for the effort. He's now on vacation. Because <laughs> it was undocumented internet. <laughs> He's now on vacation with his dad and family at the, at the, <laughs> at the Grand Canyon. A well-deserved vacation, Gotti. Uh, word to you. Um, also want to give a shout-out to my lovely two sons who are graduating from swim class this week. Oh, really? You guys are awesome. They swim already? Oh, yeah. Nice, awesome. eh? And so good job with you guys. Love you guys. I want to give a shout-out to the, all the Lopez familia this weekend. Family reunion, mijo. I know I'm going to be out of town. I oh, hate it. They, they know, planned dude. it just right. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a shout out to all of the Lopez's. I'll see you this weekend. Eh? I'll bring some beer. Eh? Uh, also, I want to give a special shout out to my brother-in-law, who it's birthday this weekend. Eh? I love you, brother. Uh, God bless you. Happy birthday. You're a good brother-in-law. You work hard. Come over for this weekend. You crash at my house. And you just party. want him to cook for you. Yeah, he's a, he's an awesome, he's an established chef in Santa Monica in a very high end uh, spot. What I, restaurant? I don't know, dude. It's like top secret. He never did. He ever tell? Why us? does he never tell you? He doesn't want you to show up, man. I'll he's tell you the way he cooks. So when he cooks, it's I'm like, going to show up. It's out of this world. You the, the even the the most simplest thing <laughs> like garlic bread is like you've never tasted before. Well, what restaurant? I'll find out, eh? Eder, happy birthday, brother. Happy birthday, Eder. Eder Orizabal. Hey, Anyways, uh, go, go to his Facebook, girls, and give him a happy birthday picture. Show him your bums. Yeah, that's E-D-E-R Orizabal. O-R-I-Z-A-B-A-L. Just go to Twin Talk and friend him on our page. Trust me, he'll be happy. He'll be happy to get your... He's your... cooking too much. He needs a little <laughs> more fun. Yeah, he's sautéing right now. Anyways, your shout-outs are brought to you more by... More like percolating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As long as he's don't got nothing in the oven, eh? <laughs> Anyways, your shout-outs are brought to you by Aladdin's Jr. Uh, Mediterranean Cuisine and Concert Venue. Uh, they're in the the uh, city of Pomona, uh, specifically in downtown Pomona. I like how you say it, Latino. Specifically. Specifically <laughs> in downtown Pomona, eh? Uh, it's an arts colony. It's really cool. Just look up Aladdin's Jr., uh, Mediterranean cuisine and concert venue. A lot of uh, good beer, good f- food, and music. Tell them the twins sent you. All right, we're going to be right back with news and dirty laundry. Also tonight, we want to remind you: awesome, awesome interview time with uh, filmmaker of what is the name of the film? Uh, Weaving the, the past, past, a journey, journey of discovery. discovery with producer Shelley Morrison and filmer, filmmaker Walter Dominguez. Dominguez. We'll be right back. I can show you how you're mine. 
Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T U-verse. Tune in. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm nude. I mean, I'm Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was that a Freudian? Hey, uh, I got no problem with my nudity, eh? We broadcast every Tuesday night from Theo Luis's garage on 626 what? Twin. Eh? <laughs> no, at Twin Talk Cast. We broadcast every Tuesday night. You can call us at 626-275-8946. We're also doing it out of the largest internet radio network in the world. That's live365.com. Just look for our radio station called Twin Talk Cast. Radio, tell your people, hey. Tonight. Share, share, like, like, share, like, share. Tonight, filmmakers of Weaving the Past Journey to Discovery, Walter Dominguez, and producer Shelley Morrison, also known as Rosario from Will and Grace. Will and Grace, hey, that was a pretty popular show, eh? It was probably the first show that had two, like a real kind of openly gay um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, what's, the way, what's the word I was saying, narrative going on. Because uh-huh. it was like two gay guys and, and, they, and the chick, I forgot her name, uh, Grace. Uh, <laughs> I forgot her name. It had to be Grace, or it could have been Will, Willoba. But anyway, um, tonight, uh, filmmaker Walter Dominguez, who's the director, also the producer of the film, uh, Shelley Morrison, both going to be here. We were, my brother and I were honored to be able to screen the film, and uh, rather impressive, very in-depth, and uh, in crazy, in, in, interesting story, very I, interesting story. Yeah, well, you know what? I think there's things about it that are kind of relevant today. And and very telltale of of things that have occurred in the past that you know although his roots goes you know he's 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 from here but his roots go into Mexico, uh, right? Uh, the the story transcends borders, and it, times and eras, and uh, it's a beautiful story, man. It's pretty good. Stay tuned. It's for an am- that. It's an American story, man. I agree. It is an American story. an American story, eh? And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) There it is. There it is. When you hear that guttural beat, listen to it. That means it's time for the girl with the pink headphones, the girl with the skinny on all the news and dirty laundry, the girl from (laughs) Telemundo and NBC, multimedia journalist, friend of Telemundo, friend of ours, friend of NBC, friend of Theo Luis's garage. The guttural beat grabs you and goes, Ay, it's time to listen to Jackie. Ay, Ladies the, and gentlemen, it's the nudie wannabe with the <laughs> noose and dirty laundry is Jackie Casa. Yeah. I had 
I just made that decision for my life yesterday because I was watching a story about a nudist colony in uh, Arizona. Oh. And it was mostly, of course, retired people, but they just seemed so chill. And I, I seriously thought to myself, I think that's what I want to do when let's, I retire. No, let's do it. <laughs> let's the I three just, of us go. and The three of us will go. Charlie, man. Let's go to the nudist colony and we'll broadcast nude from a nudist colony. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's do it. Let's totally do it. We need to have guests. That'll show up nude. nude. They got to show up <laughs> nude. Yeah. I love that. I'll do it. I'm all about it. Yeah, we'll just have to lay out some towels maybe. We'll lay the out chairs. the towels. Yeah, I'll lay out. <laughs> lay out and spread out. And spread out. Okay, yeah. that's enough. <laughs> Working on these non-tan non lines, eh? <laughs> uh, How are you guys doing? Uh, fantastic. How about fantastic. yourself? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here in Theo Luis's garage who decided to swap up their... Uh, internet on me. Thanks, Tia Luis, for giving me the heads up. Hey, Tia Luis is thinking about us now. We, we finally got <laughs> under his skin. He finally said, okay, you're in my garage. <laughs> you have permission. Because for a while there, we were just, you know, bootlegging out of Tia Luis's garage. <laughs> okay, guys, let's get some started with uh, some news. A North Carolina father is challenging parents to take the hot car challenge. Terry Bartley of Greensboro, North Carolina, was outraged when he heard the news of a toddler's death in a hot car in Georgia last month. In a YouTube video, Bartley challenges parents to sit in the back seat of their car on a hot day with the windows rolled up just to see what it's like. He tried it himself, and we actually have some audio listening to <laughs> what he was able to experience when he was in that hot car. Yo, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. And as you can pretty much see, there's probably, it's 86 to 90 degrees outside. And I'm sitting in the car with the windows rolled up. Because I want to know how it feels to be left in the car. <laughs> and sitting in the back seat, strapped into a car seat with the windows up. And doors probably locked. I want to know how it feels to, to sit in the car. And I would never leave my kids in a car like this, man. Ever. Man, I don't even care if the car was running with the AC on. Yo, they would get out the car and come in with me. Or I ain't going to stop at all. This is wrong, man. We go through this every, every year. Year after year after year. It always be some fool that wants to leave their kid in the in backseat of the car and forget all about them. Do you really love your kids? That's what you should ask yourself. Even though you're going to do some jail time, but... Losing that child is more punishment, punish, more punishment than enough, yo. I would never do this. As you can see, man, I'm sweating. Like, yeah, he's sweating I, pretty I bad. I can barely breathe out here. You my system video. is stronger than these little kids' systems. Man, it's, it's, this is sad, man. Man, don't be the next fool on the damn news talking about you left your kids. see. <laughs> So, so in this video, if uh, you want, he posted it to YouTube. This man, uh, Bartley, he is sweating profusely, and he only sat there for tw ten to fifteen minutes in this <laughs> hot car challenge. Since he posted it last month, he it's been viewed more than a million times. Wow! And he, this came about, uh, like I said, an outrage from a case in Georgia where this father left his son in the car for nine hours. And how long was he there? Uh, this uh, the father Bartley was in there between ten to fifteen minutes. Wow! Only well, you know, I, I've heard about that test. In fact, uh, I was uh, I, um, 
they asked my my they asked me to participate on it, and this is what the audio is in the back seat of the car. <laughs> what, what's that? Does your wife know about I this? I did the back seat the uh, uh, challenge. Does your, does your wife know? Well, about the this? the weather was oh, pretty is that cold. Your wife? It was pretty hot inside the car. Eh? <laughs> I'm a, I accept that challenge, Holmes. <laughs> Except it was like the middle of winter. <laughs> since uh, since this uh, with this year, we've had um, almost twenty toddler deaths alone uh, related to them being left behind in hot cars well, and th- dying. And just yesterday, there were some that were literally um, in the in the store. I mean, in, in the car in a parking lot. Their mom left them to go inside to get a quick haircut. A haircut? Who does that quick haircut? To do a quick haircut. And some Good Samaritans uh, nearby broke the windows in order for them to get it's out. It's the hairdresser's is, is like fault. A, it's the hairdresser's fault. She took too long doing the hair. You, do they? Is there like laws? I mean, could well, you like... Yeah, of course, there's child endangerment laws. Of course. But who does that, eh? Okay. Like, like leave them at home, you know? I, I mean, if you're going to leave them in the car, you might as well leave them at home, eh? There is talk about... <laughs> at least about, they're at home. Put on Barney, eh? There is... I the, love you. You <laughs> love me. Mommy's at the hairstylist. There is some new talk about having something maybe to do with the cars, where the cars can somehow create some sort of technology that would remind you of... of um, That's that ridiculous. They have it already, eh? To have something like that, at like kind of a... I don't, I don't know a what convertible, exactly they have eh? something. <laughs> they recommend for you to leave like your left shoe in the back seat, leave your cell phone in the back Who seat. Who forgets their kid in the car? Clearly a lot of people okay, do. Okay, let me tell you my story. I once locked my child in the car. But I didn't leave my child. It was my daughter, Liana, when she was with us, my first daughter. And she was, I don't know, maybe a year old. But we had walked. No, we'd walked. Well, I made my first child in a car. <laughs> <laughs> we, walked into, we walked into the store. I carried I'm not her with, kidding you. Eh? I carried her into the store with me. And on the way out, I put her in the car seat in the back. And while I was putting her in the car seat, I had the keys and I just threw them in the, on the floor of the car. Strapped her in. Then I walked and closed the door behind me and walked around to the other side of the car door, and I realized I left the keys in the car door locked. Shit. So I'm like, oh, great. Nice to carry a coat hanger. How the- old was she? She was like a year. And, and, and maybe, a year old? Yeah, a little longer than a year. Now, let and me she, tell you, it was August. So she couldn't uh, unplug no, and or she, unlock no, the door. And she, she was and she was strapped in. At one and year old, she couldn't do that yet? Maybe she was younger than a year. She couldn't do that yet? Maybe she was younger than My a year. My kid was hot wiring a car at that age. But the point <laughs> is, I used to have a, a wire hanger I'm under the kidding. wheel well that I used to keep in case I locked my keys in the car because I used to party a lot. And, <laughs> and I used to be able to... Oh, the, the, the Toyota? Yeah, the... No, the one that the, the door was coming on? The Nissan. The Nissan. Okay. Anyway, I did a fantastic job at it when in, when my daughter's life didn't depend on it. <laughs> but when my daughter's in there in the middle of August or July, it was getting hot, and I'm trying to open it. I couldn't do it. Next thing you know, there was a a, a, a crowd of people around trying as well. Oh, my so God. So at, at one point, I became the spectator as people started surrounding the car. And when people surround the car, more people surround the car. <laughs> and you could hear. So when people surrounded the car, they didn't know who the parent was. So no one knew that I was standing right there. So you could hear people saying, who's the idiot? 
idiot who left their kid in the car. <laughs> Somebody go get him and call the police. Let's go kick that motherfucker ass. You know, they thought I was in the car, in the store. Finally, I got I couldn't wait any longer. Called the police because I was about we're about to break the window. Mm-hmm. Police showed up just in time and pulled out the the, the slim gym and opened it up. But nice. by then, my daughter had cried herself to sleep Aww. and she was a pool of sweat. I felt so bad for her. Aww. I love you, Diana. Porecita. That explains it. <laughs> Porecita. Well, you. now, uh, so because of uh, what this man has done, there's been mil- over a million views, and there's been several people who have actually taken on the hot car challenge, who have posted it on YouTube, have sat in a hot car with windows rolled up, and uh, and tested it. And there was even some videos where they even had their dog with them. And they said it's only been five minutes. And we're sweating, and the dog is like panting that he's hot. Well, dogs, yeah, they get hotter a lot quicker. So, guys, I've, I've hot boxed in a car before. What, what's hot box? Oh, nothing. That's is, uh, maybe I, should, I didn't need to ask that, did I? Um, so, guys, remember to take your kid with you when you leave him in the car. Yeah. Just don't do that. <laughs> well, take your kid with you, leave him in the car. <laughs> I'm just, I'm getting tired of this. This Don't uh, leave him in the car when you take your kid. Yes. I'm, I'm getting tired of this whole like babysitting society that now we have to make reminders for people not to leave their kids. No, I don't think we need to. If those people, if those people forgetting their kids in the car, they're going to do something. If, even if we remind them, there's going to be another time they're going to do something else stupid with their kid at the house. Yeah, so, so like I said, there is a couple of tips. Leave your left shoe in the back seat with your kid. Leave your cell phone back there since you're not supposed to be with your cell phone while driving. Leave it back there. So it's kind of sad, but people remember more about their cell phones than their kids. Yep. Well, you know, don't leave them in the car <clears throat> when you go to your hairdresser. And uh, don't leave them in the bus either. <laughs> 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 All right, guys, let's move on to our next story. Um, there was a six-month investigation by CNN that revealed that 35 employees from Walt Disney World, along with Universal Studios in SeaWorld Orlando, have been arrested in child sex stings or for child porn since 2006. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Disney? In Disneyland? Disney World in Orlando, Universal Studios in Orlando, and SeaWorld in Orlando. So, 30, 35 employees from Walt Disney... Five from Universal and two from SeaWorld Orlando. And these have all been arrested since in the last uh, uh, eight years. 32 have been found guilty and eight have been found not guilty. The report revealed a diversity of suspects, some including uh, to be married with children, others working with children for years. One of them was even a pastor. Most of these employees were or former employees um, would engage with children, with animals, and they would dress up as fictional cartoon characters in the theme parks. They, um, and, and so the 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 acts or the illegal acts were on on, on what do you call them the customers? In other words, did they utilize their jobs? They were to some exploit that you? were found with uh, child pornography on the property. Wow! They were some that were actually trying to meet up with minors to have sex in nearby hotels. Um, there was all sorts of different uh, variations of, of they uh, say that the profile of those that are child offenders do try to make themselves accessible to children exactly. by, by working at schools that's and in this exactly case I never what, thought of theme parks that's exactly what police said that this is why the that's reason why they set up these stings because where there's children unfortunately they'll probably be pedophiles so they set up these stings just on a just they just cast out a net or did they have a tip 
They, um, you know what? It doesn't say if they have exactly a tip, um, but they just. Please don't use that word tip. Dude, I don't know where that comes. I don't know where you're going with that angel, please. I don't even want to know. A lot of them were found through um, through Internet and child pornography websites. That's how they were wow. able to, to get a hold of these people. And it happened to be that they uh, they found them all in this uh, Orlando area in the theme parks. Uh, like I said, um, they, the, the theme parks themselves now are trying to scramble to figure out what to do since this has been revealed in the last six-month investigation revealed by CNN. Look, Kitty, you want to see Tinkerbell? <laughs> yeah, for you, it's Tinkerbell, right? <laughs> I, baby, I got Dumbo over here for you. Oh, my gosh. We better stop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disney, Disney's the only one that was able to respond with a statement in regards to their pre-screening process with their employees, and they said they have extensive measures measures in place, including pre-employment and ongoing criminal backgrounds and uh, computer, computer monitoring and firewalls. Well, unfortunately, <clears throat> that only works if they already have a criminal background. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's scary, right? It is pretty scary. It's like it's, it's promoted as the happiest place on earth. There's children who go, millions and millions of children who go every single year. And uh, they were in an environment that there was actually... Uh, this is shocking to me, man. I, I just never thought you would come up with some music uh, like that. I, the, the thing is, though, how accessible can they be to your kids anyways if you're typically there with your kids at a place like that? So bottom line is... Well, I mean, I you, if you we know theme parks. There's thousands of them in a day. If they particularly know that they can kind of... Kids get lost all the time. Every yeah. day there, they can corral them, and they know all the ins and outs of the theme park. They could easily take them to somewhere where they could molest them or something like that. It's scary. I mean, there wasn't any charges of molestation on property, mm-hmm. only of the actual pornography confiscated on property. But it's scary that that could even happen. So now all these people are going to another theme park, eh? Which one's that one? The jail theme park, eh? <laughs> the prisoner theme, eh? Again, <laughs> orange is the new what? Black. <laughs> so remember, where there's kids, there's probably <laughs> pedophiles, <laughs> and they're probably in the back seat of a car in a hot day. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, guys, moving on. Uh, yeah, let's move on out of that Disney World, Sea World, and Universal World. <laughs> Do you have an unexplained rash? <laughs> and I, seriously, you're, you guys are gross. <laughs> you guys are gross. I mean, like on your like bumps on your arm or something. That's the great thing about being married, because you know now when I get a rash, I know it's you know not anything. I <laughs> you don't freak out. I don't freak out. I'm uh, like, oh shit, I gotta go to the doctor are, today. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you have an unexplained rash, how about you check your iPad? It turns out the popular tablet computer may contain nickel, which is one of the most common allergy-inducing metals. Recent reports in medical journals detail nickel allergies from a variety of personal electronic devices, wow. including laptops, uh, cell phones, and, of course, your iPad. But it was the iPad that caused an itchy body rash in an 11-year-old boy recently treated at a San Diego hospital. This is all according to a pediatrics uh, release. Nickel rashes aren't life-threatening, but they can be very uncomfortable. What did he do? Rub it on his body? Nope. Just by holding it. 
Just holding it? He got yeah, it on his whole body? It. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, like, you know, fr- 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 rub it off. He wanted to be you. cool with his eye rash. <laughs> <laughs> I got an eye rash. They can be very <laughs> uncomfortable and may, retire, uh, may require treatment with steroids and, uh, steroids and antibiotics if they become infected. So it can actually get kind of nasty. Wow. But you, um, can't, you, can't, you, you can't treat it because, you know, uh, Apple's got the patents on all those rashes. <laughs> yeah. You got to download it from iTunes. So, so when this boy went to when this boy went to the San Diego hospital, they tested him on what was the rash being caused and what was the allergy, and it was uh, a nickel. They realized he had a nickel allergy, and um, and they found <laughs> traces of it on his iPad. It gives new meaning to don't take any wooden nickels. <laughs> <laughs> you might get an eye rash. Oh my god! What, what? <laughs> What's <laughs> you? You are your own best audience. I'm Angel. telling you, dude. He's got an eye rash now. You got to download the cure on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a known. That's if- brilliant, man. Even in his death, he's doing it. What's his name? Dobbs or Jobs? <laughs> Dobbs. Jobs. Oh, Angel. Jobs. What's his name? The Apple guy? Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Steve Jobs. <laughs> rest, rest his soul. <laughs> uh, Apple spokesman said uh, the company's products are made from the highest quality materials and meet the same strict standards set for jewelry um, by uh, both the U.S. consumer products and counterparts but in think Europe. About However, f- we don't know if all models of iPads and tablets contain nickel. Think of, of course, it's high quality. It's an eye rash. Think about it, though. Think about all those poor little Chinese kids that are assembling them in these sweatshops in China. They're probably full of nickel rashes on their <laughs> f- poor little fingertips and on their faces. Because, you know, every kid likes to pick their nose and rub their eyes. And they got nickel rashes, those poor Chinese kids. Poor Chinese kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an eye rash. So if you have some rash that you just didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Don't freak out like Angel used to. <laughs> it just might be your iPad. So <laughs> they recommend just to go check it out, meet up with your doctor, and see if it might be nickel-related. You never know. Especially this particular kid used kid used his iPad every day. Mm. And, of course, who doesn't use their iPad or their cell phone every single day? I don't. So, I don't have an iPad. So avoid the eye rash and wear an eye condom. What? Whatever. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me, Angel. <laughs> All right, what do we got next here? Okay, guys, moving on. <laughs> so you know, you guys know the the uh, run of um, run of the bulls. Yeah, the that's like the dumbest thing, eh? Super famous thing that's happened for years and years and years and years. Okay. Yeah. The running well, of the bulls. Well, it's the uh, San Fermin Festival in Pamplona, Spain, uh, a couple of days ago. And one man decided it was a good idea to take a selfie <laughs> among the bulls while running. Oh, my God. Well, because he decided to do that, the participant could be slapped with a fine of about a little bit over $4,000 for his risky move that he took during his bullet Is it not risky enough that yeah. you're running with the damn bulls? Well, taking cell phones with them is uh, not allowed as part of participating for the run because you can become distracted and endanger yourself. And other participants. It could give the bull an eye rash. <laughs> so it's uh, it was the PETA people. They screw everything up. <laughs> they realize there's a nickel, uh, nickel contamination <laughs> danger <laughs> on the poor damn bulls. And you know they only care about the bulls. They don't care about the idiots running from them. <laughs> I think it's really dumb to do PETA that. PETA ruins everything. I mean, there's some great videos on YouTube of these bull runs. 
yeah. a running of the ball. You know, when I was at I Fox I News Channel, we hours. totally pitched it for. We were pitching it for like a month. We you were, wanted to go. We Spain? wanted to go to Spain and shoot it, and I was going to run and all that. No way. I'd do it for like nah, five steps, and then I'd bug out. No, that it's so dangerous because they they have a dedicated route. But sometimes they can go off on the wings, like on the streets, and yeah. and and yeah. attack people that are just watching. Yeah, it's super I, dangerous. And this idiot uh, decided to take a selfie. And there's actually a photo where you can see him taking a selfie. I want to see the and selfie. He's looking, he's looking. He has his they, cell phone lifted, and that's when they realize this guy is not following. Um, uh, it's a bylaw that was uh, established for this particular. Yeah, event. they, they said, have every uh, you year. broke the law. Goodbye. No selfies. I don't think that's cool, though. I mean, because I mean, if I, don't, I think it's kind of dumb to do the running of the bulls, you know, but if you're going to do it, that would be a great selfie. Eh? It would be a great selfie. But do you stop or you do it as you're running as you're running? Dude, I'm not going to stop the <laughs> selfie. <laughs> you just run. Hopefully you get a picture of the that best thing would be is if you're getting that selfie and you don't realize that there's another bull flanking you and is about to hit you. So it's it's a really bad decision. So I was able to find <laughs> What's the bad decision? Doing the run itself? Or that mean, selfie? That's one. the bad decision. But if you make that bad decision, it's a good decision to take a selfie. So we have found uh, a couple of situations that are probably the absolute worst time of taking a selfie. So I've got a list here. <laughs> one of them being is taking a selfie during a uh, bicycle race. Uh, uh, you're, uh, yes, trying to take a selfie while athletes zoom by are endangering the lives of the riders. <laughs> and there was one that happened during a, 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 a bicycle race here in the U.S. And one of the cyclists went off on Twitter saying, well, like, what a dumbass. Why are you taking a selfie during a race? Because then you can hold up everyone else, which can cause a collision for several of them. Another one, which is not a good idea, and I'm sure everyone saw this video. Uh -huh. It was one of those YouTube videos that went viral where this guy was trying to take a selfie in front of a, a train, and he got kicked in the head by the conductor. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Really? Uh, it was a couple of months ago, and this guy tried to take a selfie in front of a, like a train passing by. And the right conductor behind him, kicked him. And the conductor had his leg out, and boop. Did they, get, did they right. get it? They, yeah, it was a YouTube video, and it went viral a couple of months ago. You, should, <laughs> you guys should take it out and learn. To not take a selfie in front of a um, freaking a running bull or a train yes. driving by. That's just, hilarious. Hey, you know, how to survive the running of the bulls. Throw a nickel at it. <laughs> <laughs> Another bad idea is uh, there was a, a, a selfie that had gone uh, viral of, at a, of teenagers at a concentration camp, camp in Auschwitz. What? So they decided to, to pose. And they had the cameras back then? No, this is now. <laughs> what a dork. I want to see Anne Frank selfie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This is now. There were some teenagers who took uh, selfies at the concentra concentration camp in Auschwitz. <laughs> wow, they What's did. Huh? And people had a problem with that? And they, they posted and went viral, and people were saying that it was offensive. Oh, and it was come not on. Cool because they were posing in, like, uh, you know, the duck face, the yeah, they all you know, selfie, the duck selfie face. duck face uh, look. And um, so they were criticized as being like um, a bunch of technology obsessed. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yes. but let me tell you something. Of course, I care about the the 
the genocide of any kind of peoples. But come on, people, relax. It's a selfie. It's not. It's a concentration so camp. So what? Though. It happened. Do you really want to have your duck face? I'm not going to do it myself, but I'm not going to put my my Captain America underoos in a knot over it. No, and I do have Captain America underoos. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not. I'm not. Hey, chill me, out. Did you know? I, I guess, guess never... how many percent of guess how many percent of the American? I'm sorry, of the world population is Jewish. Oh, that's a good question. Yes. Uh, well, let me see. Population of the world. Take a guess, Angel. Is Jewish? I don't know. They're probably all here in Burbank, though. <laughs> guess. Just, I don't know. I have to t- tell me. What what percentage of yeah. the world is? I don't know. It's pretty concentrated. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty. Good. Uh, I, I'll give it to you right now. And, and I, as I, just, I Google it, you no, know, I did because I did. I just read it recently, but I want to get it right here. If I told you the proportion of Jewish people in uh, the world. Come on, give me a guess. Do you think it's it's um it's concentrated? Fifteen percent, five percent, twenty percent. I'd say twenty. Lord says thirty percent. No, eight, I'd eight. say fifteen percent. You say fifteen percent, Jackie. You say twenty-five. You say twenty-five percent of the world population. A quarter. That's mean, a quarter one, of the world. That's one a lot. out of four people is Jewish. Is what you're saying? Sure. Okay. How about point? 25%. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> My point is not to impugn the chosen people because I'm only a Gentile, but my point is this uh, this whole concentration and Holocaust thing. Notice, any film that is made about the Holocaust gets a nomination. Any television show gets a nomination. It's such a big deal, but we also know there's been other genocides. The Armenian genocide we know very well about here in, in, in the Burbank area. The Native American the, the genocide. Native American genocide enslavement. Uh, How did you guys know that most young Americans do not don't only think that black people were enslaved? But did you know that America was the first country to outlaw it? Did you know that whites were the first people to outlaw it? Did you know that Africa still has slaves? But people don't know this. There's, My point is, things need to be proportionate here. That's what I got to say. And that's well, what I'm talking about. It's there. not the only place that's an inappropriate place to take a selfie. Another one that was for a, some that was. Uh, <laughs> I'd take a I selfie. Think it's just weird. I would totally take a Maybe selfie can, in Auschwitz. Can, uh, can, can you accept the fact that it's kind of weird? I, I do could think not. it's weird, but I would I would take it, but I'd be a little more tasteful about my face. I could not because I. But I, I would. I wouldn't have a problem with I it. I could never do it at a concentration camp because I have a hard time concentrating. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another place to take a. a that's probably not the most appropriate place to take a selfie is at a funeral. There's uh-huh. a Tumblr page. There's a Tumblr page that's actually called "Selfie at Funerals." No and it way! Shows all of these kids taking pictures with their grandparents in their funerals and in their oh, coffins no. and stuff. Now that's where I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And you know what? I had a really weird like funeral tour a couple months ago. Funeral tour? Yeah, I don't know why. I went. To, I, well, there was a bunch of funerals in my life. So one of the one of the funerals that I went to, there was people taking selfies. And they were mostly like elderly people who were taking selfies. Ah. And I thought it was the strangest thing ever. I'm like, why are 
are you taking a photo of this? It was very strange. <laughs> Another uh, inappropriate place to the take bathroom, a selfie. The bathroom, the toilet, the commode? No. There was a woman at a Brooklyn Bridge Park who snapped a selfie capturing the cops rescuing a suicidal man on the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. She snapped it as a selfie? She snapped it as a selfie. This actually made it to the cover of the New York Post in uh, 2013. I think that's a cool one. Like, if you were to catch it. And she, listen, this was her headline. My photo with Brock, Brooklyn Bridge suicide dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's not, that's, that's not, that, no, um, don't do that. This is in Brooklyn Bridge. Yes, at the Brooklyn Bridge. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Another <laughs> obvious thing to not take selfies is don't take selfies while, while you're driving. Uh, As it is, you... That happens a lot. I've yes, done it before. You know how many <laughs> driving uh, car selfies I've seen? It's ridiculous. As they're driving? I don't know if they're driving, but I know they're in their car. They're wearing their seatbelt. You obviously are wearing your seatbelt when you're driving, right? It's really w- easy to no, do a selfie while you're driving. Wa- you should be driving wearing a seatbelt even when you're a passenger. That's the law in California and I think in most states. But it's easy, dude. You put your hands on the steering wheel. You put the reverse photo on your photo camera. And you drive and you push. And you push. And you push the button. <laughs> and there you go. It's very dangerous it's for yourself and for the other drivers In California, you. there's a hands-free law, bro. So you got to do it with like... So it's probably not the best idea to take a selfie. Another, uh, uh, probably not the best idea to take a selfie is at sporting events. Why not? Because there's been a couple of selfies that have gone viral where um, there was balls nearby. And there was one in particular. Balls? balls? Like what? Like photobomb like balls? Like baseball? Oh, baseball. So there was one particular <laughs> uh, selfie in the... I was in, thinking like something else. Eh? At Fenway Park. <laughs> at Fenway Park. So this woman was taking a... Um, Check is all interrupted. <laughs> one of the reporters... Because I'm trying to tell you what happened. That's why. There was a reporter at Fenway Park who took a selfie... And in the background, there's a baseball flying towards her head. Oh. And then it hit her. Effort. And it came out on the selfie. And it came out in the selfie. And you can <laughs> see the ball flying at her right behind her. Oh, dude. So, and the next selfie was at the emergency room. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at sporting events where basketballs, uh-huh. baseballs, uh-huh. footballs. Balls in general. Balls in general <laughs> could fly at you. Sweaty balls. <laughs> That's the best skit. Have you seen that balls one? in military on generals? Night Live, have you seen that Saturday Night Live skit? Which one? Sweaty balls. Yes. it's the best. It's classic. No, I I, I remember, oh, dude. I, I, Alec, I remember. Uh, Alec Baldwin. You got to see it. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Oh my goodness! So please goodness be careful gracious. next time you decide to take a selfie at a sporting event, just in case some balls decide to you know slap <laughs> your your face around. <laughs> Be <laughs> careful about that. <laughs> oh man, wow. that was a good one, eh? Started because I feel the bass with this story. It feels nice on my ear. A girl likes bass. Mm. <laughs> okay, guys, so let's get started to our next story. Um, so it's swimsuit season time. We're getting ready. We're, you know, we're getting our fitness in, <laughs> not eating for days to try to look good at the pool. Well, I already look good. <laughs> 
Uh, just an FYI, there's a new trend on how to make yourself look even better in your swimsuit. And okay. it's called having a shiny hiney. <laughs> it's a facial for your behind. <laughs> I know a gay man must have come up with this. <laughs> facial for your behind. It's gay a man facial came up with this. Where, uh, this. A facial for your behind. <laughs> because there was a spa in Brooklyn uh, where the shiny hiney rep- allegedly was born. Uh, when a client with acne on her behind came to the spa owner and asked for help. So she had never had anything done like that before. So um, they, the per, the client had acne, so she figured that there's probably other people who have this issue. The process includes a purifying cleanser, followed by an exfoliation, and then microdermabrasion, which of course includes extractions if needed, a clay mask, and a serum to hydrate your bum. You can uh, exfoliate. My she had pimples in her ass. If you want. Yes. <laughs> she had some acne on her behind, and she went to the spotter and said, what can you do for me? So she Can worked. you pop my pimples? <laughs> oh, my God. It's gross, dude. You're gross, dude. You're, you're so, on rare form today. You're on rare form. So the spotter said that most people initially were really nervous about it and were really shy, but <laughs> then they can relax. And she also includes a foot rub. Oh, okay. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. It's one. <laughs> Jackie's. I wish I had pimples on my ass. I would do that too. It sounds kind of relaxing you're, dude, you're, to get you're so, you, because like, when you get a massage, when you get a massage done, you know you they do your back, they do your legs, they do your feet, mm-hmm. but they never really do your behind. Oh, and well, it's kind when you do of a massage. Sounds, I've when had you get a massage. I've had my rear massaged by you know like my girl yes. in the past, and it's the best. You don't realize it feels that so good. You don't realize that you're sore on the butt. Totally, <laughs> it feels awesome. I start snoring. <laughs> it feels so good. Anybody to get want your to ass massage? My butt? <laughs> you have no idea. I think it's one of the most underrated things totally. ever. Totally. Yeah, but we're talking about popping pimples on your. No, no, well, no, 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 no. You know, the aesthetics, obviously, you know, it's for swimsuit season in summertime. Your ass is going to be out there. Or maybe maybe if you're going to hook up with a new dude and you want it to be nice and clean, Uh you know, you can get the shiny hiney facial. The shiny hiney. Yeah, the shiny hiney. (laughs) And I've also seen it in other places. Mother's wax. I've seen seen it in other places. Buff it out, eh? Wipe on, wipe off. Wipe on, wipe off. (laughs) I've seen it in other places called the pink cheeks facial. Karate Kid. So to make your cheeks Three. nice and pink, but the cheeks behind you, not the ones on you. All you got to do is spank them. They go nice, nice and, pink. and pink. That is true. Or I never red. About that. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, it, so they, they do the, the serum, they do extractions, they do a nice little mask, and I'm sure you can always ask them to do a massage to add to, yeah. the, to, the, to the shiny, hiney facial. <laughs> but there's places all over the country that have now started these Facials wow. for your behind. So, what do they do for men? Do they do for men too? Do they do they wax the? They're butt? the same, dude. The woman's butt and the men's There's butt are basically the same. No, they're dude. not because men some have are hairy just butts. hairier than others. That's There's all. Di- you guys have way hairier. <laughs> I don't you know what it face. is. Well, because we're men, it's called uh, testosterone. I I guess, but I don't know. It's called testosterone. What do you want? Eleven year olds butt boy butt? No, no it's I'm gross. just saying. Sometimes it's like, how does it? 
grow so much. I, whatever. It's called testosterone. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but the point is that there's been so many different facials that have now grown out across the country. Some offer different ones. Some, like you said, offer waxing. So they'll wax your, you know, nether regions in there. And uh, <laughs> other ones offer Crevices. a steam. They offer a steam portion to it where they can put some steam on your behind instead of like letting out steam they put it on you so it's not really a facial it's a butt show butt show uh, because facial means facial true so it's got to be a butt show true but it has all the elements of a facial mm. uh what's the, the the technical name for it for a glutinous a glutinous maximus, maximus show <laughs> <laughs> So there you go, guys. You want to be super summer ready? Get yourself a butt facial. <laughs> it's uh, the thing. Would you do it, Angel? Yeah, would, I you, would. would your wife let you? Uh, my wife does it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to come up with like just like a butt massage. I would totally do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a place you can go. I mean, if you, I bet you, you go to massages, right? You've yeah, had them? but I they, bet but if you they ask, never, they you, only do the side, like your thighs, like the side. To. Yeah, the, the place is called Sandro's. Ask them to. <laughs> Ask them to. I know, Jack. but I want like... Sandro's butt muff- Angel, massage. Angel, let people finish <laughs> the sentence. Ask them to. Ask them, like, go there. If you go to regularly, I'm sure you establish a rapport with the person, and you ask. It's one of those things that's on the secret menu. They call it a happy <laughs> ending. <laughs> of the rear ending. I don't rear want ending. them to happy think that rear I'm ending. Ending. <laughs> There you go. I don't want it's them the to think menu. that I'm one of those. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get involved in a sexual harassment suit, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, that's all that I have for tonight. And ladies and gentlemen, that's Jackie Casas with the news and dirty laundry. Uh, we, she's here with us every week from Telemundo and NBC. It's here for Jackie. Shoo! Remember tonight, tonight on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Stay tuned because we are going to have with us live filmmaker Walter Dominguez with producer Shelley Morrison um, tonight talking about the new documentary. It's awesome. It's called Weaving the Past Journey to Discovery. Go ahead, Angel. You're going to say something. Yeah. it's uh, for, If you're looking for it, it's not out yet. It'll be out on next month. Anyway, so stick around. We're going to be back with uh, more of that. Uh, we've got Angel's uh, Chill Lounge and the Patriot Pass. We'll be right back.
everyone. This is Melissa Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T Uverse. Tune in. Yeah, welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. We are broadcasting every Tuesday night on Theo Luis's, in Theo Luis's Garage on TwinTalkCast.com. We also do it out of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the largest <laughs> radio, internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. Just look for Twin Talk Cast Radio. Tonight on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, filmmaker of a great film called Weaving the Past Journey to Discovery. Documentary filmmaker Walter Dominguez will be here, as well as producer Shelley Morrison, also known as Rosario from Will and Grace. From Will and Grace, eh? In the meantime, we're going to go into our music break. Want to introduce the music break, Angel? Uh, yes, uh, this is from our previous guest that we were that we had last week. You can find that podcast on TwinTalkCast.com. Uh, cool vintage rocker um, Tommy Mora. This song is off his new CD, "Let It Shine." The song is called "Simple Man."
that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Simple Man from Tommy Mora. He was on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel last week. Check it out. Go to TwinTalkCast.com. Click Previous Podcasts, and you will be able to see that. He performed live for us last week, right, bro? Here in Theo Luis's Garage. Yes, he, uh, he played a little ditty uh, from his album. And he also shared a couple of tracks from his new album, which actually the uh, CD release party is this Friday. Uh, and uh, he'll be performing. It's a, it's a CD release party and a bikini fashion show. Indeed, we got to be in there. LA. Uh, I posted in it. Long Beach, but LA area. Yeah, I posted the flyer with all the information on our Facebook. I'll I'll do that on our Instagram on our Sorry, Twitter later. But uh, yeah, go check him out and uh, tell him the, t- the twin sent you. I think we're going to make it to that. Anyway, tonight, uh, stay tuned. We have guests here standing by uh, who uh, we've been talking about the whole show. We're really excited to talk to them. From documentary filmmaker Walter Dominguez and producer Shelley Morrison with us tonight to talk about their new film called Weaving the Past, Journey to Discovery. My brother and I were honored enough to watch a screener of it and very, very uh, enraptured. And we're yeah. looking forward to discuss that but first right now we have a, a seg- seg- segment of the show which i uh, indulge myself and i call this the patriot pass i do it every week and i like to introduce it by telling everyone that it became uh, a segment in the show after uh, the last uh, election campaign um, season when my brother and i would argue a lot and there were some posts that i would make on facebook with my uh, political ideology, which caused a lot of uh, discussion between my brother and I as to whether or not it was appropriate for me to do so. And because I'm a big, strong believer in the First Amendment, and I believe that we need to continue exercising the First Amendment as much as we can or else we will lose it, I decided to set this one up. Angel, it's your fault. It's your fault this it started. Is, man. If you would have just not deleted my posts. <clears throat> <laughs> oh man! But this week I want to talk about what's been going on lately. We've we've seen last week I talked about the fifty-two thousand plus unaccompanied children coming across the border and what I believe is a manufactured crisis. Um, uh, of course, ex, ex, uh, expressing to you all that I do care about the children. We all should, but I'm disgusted with the the administration and how this was this came about. And uh, this week I want to discuss. I want to mention a little bit about how. I really believe um, I'm going to extend that. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how I believe it's manufactured. And I'll tell you why. Uh, A lot of reasons I mentioned last time. But remember that there are a lot of so-called scandals going on right now. The IRS scandal where, uh, you know, Lois Lerner, the head of the IRS, was subpoenaed and she's being uh, um, uh, investigated for um, perpetrating with her um, seven other people in the IRS to suppress freedom of speech by intimidating conservative groups utilizing the IRS and I believe that this is going all the way up to the top and that's why ladies and gentlemen somehow magically the emails of hers and seven other people in the IRS disappeared now why isn't that making people angry why because we're all angry about the four children that are being used as pawns remember also that there's still four dead in Benghazi and there's no answers to that why don't we scream about that because we're divided by this administration to fight over ideology and we forget about it because they're utilizing these kids as pawns remember the United States government is spying on each and every one of us they're listening to our phone calls they're reading our emails and if you don't think they're they're screening us aside from terrorists then I've got something to tell you ladies and gentlemen and why are these things manufactured these poor children 
uh, are used as pawns and distractions so that the president and the administration and others that are involved don't have to suffer the scrutiny that previous administrations have. Regardless of your ideology, regardless of your party, we should all be concerned because it, it, it has to do with all of our liberties, every single one of us. And that's my Patriot Pass for this week. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my brother Jose exercising the biggest muscle in his body, his mouth. Uh, and his Patriot Pass. Uh, so there you go. Okay, you got. Did you get it off your chest? I got already? it off my chest because I want Good. people to think about these things. I may be wrong, but you know what? They are indeed distracting us. But right now, I'm going to run my mouth a little bit more. We'll be right back with our guests, awesome filmmaker, producer uh, Walter Dominguez and uh, Miss Shelley Morrison. In the meantime, listen to this, and we'll be right back. Okay, here we go. Hey, how you doing? What do you guys know about twins? Nothing. Nothing about twins? Oh, sorry. Do you, know, do you know any twins? No. I'm sorry. Do you want to know a twin? No, thank you. Two. What are conjoined twins? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be late for work. Three. What do you know about twins? Nothing. Uh, I'm a little busy. Four. Identical twins have matching fingerprints? Uh, I believe so. Same with DNA. Can you name any celebrity twins? How about the girls from all the Devil Mint commercials? If I was to ask you, what is a conjoined twin, what would that be? Um, I don't know. A conjoined twin is either A, a twin with extra joints, B, a twin that joins clubs, or C, a twin that is physically attached to his twin. It's either C or A. Ashton Kutcher, twin or not? No, but not that I know. He's a twin. Is he? Really? Fraternal. Fraternal. I'm an identical twin. I'm one of the hosts of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Do I look like Jose or Angel? Uh, I'm going to say you look like a Jose. Thank you very much. kind of weird for a guy saying you look like an angel. Scarlett Johansson, twin or not? She doesn't have a twin, does she? She does. Is she uh, identical? No, actually, it's a fraternal twin. His name is Hunter. Oh, damn. Damn. (laughs) Do you have your own... Individuality. Thank you. Yes, individuality. Absolutely, we're individual. He's the good-looking one, and I'm the smart one. <laughs> oh, okay. You think Johnny Depp is sexy? I think he's very sexy. Would you date him if he was a conjoined twin? If he would have me, I probably would. Who do you think would be one of the sexiest men alive to you right now? You could say Jose the twin. Um, I'm a lesbian. That's awesome. <laughs> I am so hardcore lesbian myself. Identical? Yes, we're identical twins. His name is Angel. Angel, that's a, nice. So if his name is Angel, what do you think my name would be? Oh, it could be any A name. I think A names are cool, like Angel and Andre. Or... Well, my name's Jose. They used to say, well, if, if I'm Jose, then he must be Hose B. What do you mean? <laughs> I think that's it, unless you want to add something to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Uh, no, that's good. Thank you for your time, man. How about a shout out to my brother Angel? What's up, Angel? Have a good one, buddy. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. 
Yeah, indeed. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. We broadcast every Tuesday night from Theo Luis's Garage on TwinTalkCast.com. Every time I say this, i got to look at the sign behind us so I don't forget to say TwinTalkCast.com. Like we haven't been saying it for three and a half, four years. Almost four years, huh? Something like that. And we also do it out of the largest radio, internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. Look for Twin Talk Cast Radio and be part of the Twin Pirate. We want to remind you all that you can chat us up on Facebook on Twin Talk Show with your comments and your critique, not your criticisms. No, freedom of speech, criticism indeed, if you want. But also, give us a call at 626-275-8946. And now we go to the part of the show where I'm really happy to uh, say that our guests are here in Theo Lisa's Garage with us tonight. Two amazing people. Um, we have with us Walter Dominguez, who is uh, born in Santa Paula, a great little town. I've been there. Yeah. I did a story about uh, 18 years ago with Fox News Channel about it was called Who's Running Santa Paula? Because there was really nobody running it. There was no city government. <laughs> we'll talk about that maybe. <laughs> anyway, grew up in Pasadena, filmmaker. Uh, he's of uh, Mexican Hispanic heritage. Um, Amazing things, you know, performing leading roles in, in, in drama, uh, Wizard of Oz. How about that? 1964. Recognized as, by the National Children's Theater Association for outstanding work as a lead actor. Awesome. In 64, was recognized by the National Student Association at NSA convention for his outstanding leadership abilities. The, the, the credentials go on and on and on. But he's also the filmmaker, writer, narrator, and protagonist of the new documentary, which we will be discussing right now, called uh, uh, Weaving the Past... Journey, journey to discovery. To discovery. Journey of discovery. Of discovery. Also with us, want to do the introduction for Shelly Angel? Uh, uh, Are you prepared? Oh, Let me oh yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, with that. us also, Shelly Morrison, who uh, produces the show. She's lived for 69... What? Lived in for... What? Talks about the home she's lived in for 69 years. That was, Since 1946. Wow, it's amazing. we got to move uh-huh. the mic a little closer. Um, you might know Shelly. She was uh, uh, Rosario. In uh, um, um, Will, and, Will Grace. and Grace. Oh my gosh! She, she what was, a hit show! Hey. Emmy after Emmy after Emmy. Did you know she was also on The Flying Nun? I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, the Flying Nun. No. Sister Cecil, the one that talked funny and got everything screwed up. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> my union card says I've been a member since 1957. Whoa! And well, she Will and Grace ran for eight seasons. I think it won six, five or six. It won, Emmys, it, it won stuff. a whole bunch of Emmys. I know because yeah. I was there covering them. There they go again. <laughs> there they are. Will and Grace. We had a, a pool I, going. No, I got a lot of Neutrogena samples. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. But also producer of this documentary again, weaving the past journey of discovery. So welcome our guests Shelley and Walter. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being. In th- thanks for making the trek all the way over here and uh, stepping over the leaf blower and the lawnmower to get into Theo Luis's garage. We really appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's a, it really is an honor, and uh, I'm really glad. We're glad to have made this connection because uh, my my brother and I viewed this uh, this film and uh, separately and the, on the same night. Uh, Why do you have to say separately? Who, what matters? Because I, mean, I, I want to know what, what's the point of that. Are you ashamed? To no, sit I'm, what I'm me? saying is because we live in we different used to, towns. We eh? used to go watch movies because together. We it have was a Sunday tradition. We'd sneak into the other movies. I know we did. Remember that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> no, I, it's because we we can. We're bringing a, an objectivity to this. To this. Uh, oh, good point. Okay, good movies. point. Okay. And then at my house, we had a party. I had my wife and my sister, and we all and my son. We all sat down. We watched it, and we're thoroughly moved. On the uh, on this story, I mean, we have 
uh, a background in, 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 in roots in Mexico as well. So a little familiar to, to that. But let's get, let's get but into, let's, let's get, I'd like to get in our listeners, because I did a poor introduction. Um, I'd like to get the listeners to know a little bit about Walter. Um, you grew up in Santa Paula, which is a small town just north of Los Angeles. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background, something that you would, if someone said in a nutshell, what should we know about Walter, uh, Walter Dominguez? Because after all, you know, you, it has to do with you and your family. Uh, I thank you for having us here tonight. It's a pleasure to to meet you both and your lovely wife. Thank you. Yeah, we both wives. share her. <laughs> <laughs> wives, plural. <laughs> Sorry. So, <laughs> well, freedom, right? Yeah, hey, freedom, hey. <laughs> freedom of expression. Hey, here we go. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would say that probably the thing I'd want people to know most about me is that um, uh, I feel that we come from a soul. We come from a deep place. We aren't just our minds. We aren't just our where we were born and, you know, the, the costume that we wear, although those are important, but that we're much deeper than that. And I think that's what I really wanted to express through the film and uh, honor those people in our lives who influenced us in a deep way, um, who taught us values, who showed us how to have faith in life, and somehow overcome and keep going and not be afraid. And uh, so uh, that that was one of the things that inspired me to make this film about my grandfather mm-hmm. and his remarkable life. It's amazing. I want to play a little bit of the trailer. I, I'm sorry. Could, I'm speechless. My brother's like, I feel just like I just saw the movie. You're, yeah. you're for real. This because that's the this is the feel of the whole narration. It's really a a, a, a heartfelt uh, narration through the whole film. And, and let, let's let's play a little bit of the trailer here so people get an idea what the film is. Here we go. It's called Weaving the Past: A Journey of Discovery. What are the events that shape our lives and the choices we make from which there is no turning back? I chose to go on a journey taking me far back in time and taking me to the ancient and turbulent country of Mexico, where my grandparents are from, where my blood is from. I needed to reconnect with the roots of my ancestors, especially my grandfather Emilio, the one I always called Tata. Tata had always been so important to me, yet I realized I didn't know important things about him, especially in his early life. I needed to know how he came to live on a hacienda owned by the family named the Guerreros. And I needed to learn how he became friends with Proxidus Guerrero, one of the younger sons of the hacienda owners. Proxidus was a brilliant young writer and revolutionary who changed the course of Tata's life and changed the course of history. I knew they fled across the border into the United States together with other young friends. But why did they have to leave Mexico? Who was after them? And what were their plans? And what happened to them? That's a little bit of the trailer of Weaving the Past Journey of Discovery. The filmmaker, Walter Dominguez, and producer, Shelley Morrison, are with us tonight in Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Um, Why should people know about Tata? Well, I think through the story of my grandfather's life, um, people will be able to recognize many elements in the stories of their own families, wherever you come from, whatever your background. Here in America, in the United States, we're, except for the Native American people, everybody else since then 
uh, is from somewhere else at some point. And so everybody who came here and who continues to come here is overcoming some great struggle, some great obstacles in their lives, or they wouldn't have come here. This is a country where people come because the countries they come from, for one reason or another, they're not happy there. It's, a, it's not possible for them to fulfill themselves. So uh, my grandfather, to me, um, had so many wonderful things that he was challenged with. I'd say wonderful, but it's just because it made him all, all the stronger and all the more determined. So, um, yeah, so I think that uh, those, are, those are the things that uh, I wanted to talk about in the film. When when I watched the film and I started watching it, um, I'll be very honest. I'm thinking, okay, is this a, a obituary piece of of, of 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 grandfather? Everyone has, of course, loved their family, and everyone has a, a family member that impacted them. Clearly, your your atata was a very uh, influential person in your life. Uh, little did I know that it would delve into a hundred years of history into. Uh, American, I mean, uh, the the Mexican, um, the trials of, of Mexican uh, uh, campesinos and mine workers and uh, a revolution and all those things that um, you hear of if you're of a Mexican heritage in peripheral. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I was enraptured by that. But um, does it, do you think that that, of course, anybody can relate to the you know, a long lost uncle or aunt or wanting to follow their genealogy. Uh, how do people relate to this? I mean, you did just mention that you mentioned, I know I'm sort of asking this question again, but mm-hmm. I feel that people need to know that that's where this film goes. Cause it's so mm-hmm. uh, just uh, on the history lesson alone. It's amazing. Yes. But how can, you know, how, how do this you, this film has uh, every single family, every single family. I don't care where you've come from, who you are, um, they, this will impact them on so many different levels, mainly because there's a dignity to it. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a dignity mm-hmm. to where all of us have come from. Mm-hmm. And that's what's been lacking in films and television, uh, the stereotypes. Um, I, every month I'm turning down so much terrible material. Terrible material. I mean, come on, folks. You mean television material? Television, film. Film, uh-huh. um, When I first started working, it was n- never for the money because I loved it. I loved the craft, mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn everything about it. And then I met Walter and uh, this extraordinary young man, extraordinary. It was like the gifts from the gods. And uh, we've been together now 40, almost 41 years. Fantastic. And um, I come from really good stock, and so does he. But my years with him has made me a better person. Yeah. He, Thank it, you. No, it's made me a better person to be more patient. And he, mm-hmm. that's the quality that Walter has. Uh, animals and children, everyone just gravitate towards him because there's, a, there's an inner calmness and strength that as executive producer, I was that was the thing I was most important that it captured Walter's essence mm-hmm. because he was taking the people on the journey. Sure. So I would fight for certain things, and I said, "We don't need that. Stay on. Stay on you. We don't need that." And sometimes we'd lock horns. Mm-hmm. Right. 
we never, you know, no blood was. <laughs> no let, blood was shed. No. <laughs> but it was important because he he was your guide. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And when he first started the film, I was I was in the middle of production for Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. And it was, he didn't know where it was going to go. He mm-hmm. didn't know what this was going to be. He just, he just had to follow. Mm-hmm. And indeed, we followed him uh, throughout the film as he sought out uh, the genealogy and uh, the roots of where your grandfather came from, uh, answering questions, finding, stumbling across, across answers and, and dead ends as you went. And... Uh, um, uh, we, I found myself rooting for you. A- as I rooted for you, I also found myself learning in depth, uh, you know, uh, integral, important history about the Mexican struggle. So it was a history lesson, and it was a thriller to me as I went along. The film was fantastic. I'm so glad that you responded that way because that was really what we were we were trying to achieve. We were trying to weave together. Um, all these different elements, so that it would be it would be engaging. It would feel like you were there, mm-hmm. uh, that you'd care about the people that uh, I met along the way, uh, and that meeting them and then deciding I need to know more. You know, I need to find mm-hmm. out why they came here, what was going on in Mexico, what was life, and then you keep asking more questions, and the doors keep opening, and then the the picture gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So the idea was was that we would start with a personal thing. I'm in a place that's really, I'm very upset, deeply, deeply upset with the way the world is going, the way I've reached a certain point in my life. And so that's a very personal thing. But then as I start meeting other people and being with other people, it starts to open up. The film opens up. And then it keeps opening up, keeps opening up, keeps and opening because up. because of that, because of that process, we couldn't ask someone to give us money when we didn't know where it was going to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, uh, Walter so mentions oh, – sorry, we, we put our own – Your money into it. You know, we put our money where our well, mouth we is. Just, we just didn't want to have to uh, be under the pressure of like, well, you know, it, this is going to take a long time to make. Sure. Because you know, we need a zombie in this find, scene. You we know, have to turn up <laughs> people. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. hello. But you know, Walter, you mentioned but something that's interesting. You, you wouldn't be able to because you can't have undocumented zombies. Zombies? <laughs> no, no, you can't. But you know, let me tell no, you the. Let me. Let they're me, not part of the union, so it's, it doesn't <laughs> matter either way. You know, but I want to tell our listeners that uh, because it hasn't been released, it's going to be released on August fifteenth. Right? August fifteenth at the Lemley Theaters in Pasadena. Love it. Four shows daily. One. Four, seven, and ten. Uh, on Sunday night, on the twenty-first, we're going. Uh, no, not the twenty-first. The fifteenth. No, fifteenth, sixteenth. On the seventeenth, Sunday, we're going to have a Q and A at the four p.m. screening. Awesome. And uh, the Lemelies, what a wonderful group they are. Uh-huh. And we'll be playing there for a week. And it's not like we're going to make a lot of money. That's not the point. The point is, can we attract some... I'm okay if you make money. Yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, because I'll tell you why. Um, make a lot we, of money. No, no. That I'm, means I have, a lot of people came, yes. Yeah, I'm low maintenance. That's great. Uh, my, my if we can get woman. enough people to get, get them down there, bring their families, yeah. we can attract distributors, yeah. we right. can dis, uh, uh, sales agents... Then we'll have enough money, hopefully, to finish our second documentary. Awesome. Oh my goodness! There's another. Yes. So uh, let me. I'd like to go back to what Walter was saying. You were talking about you, because I gotta be very honest. Uh, when I watched the beginning of the film, I was a little, a little taken. Okay, where's this going? 
And because uh, it was pretty deep. You're talking about sort of being in a dark place. A lot of people can relate to that. We, where we get to, it could be a midlife crisis or a, a transition in your life where all of a sudden you find yourself like asking yourself questions. What does it all mean and all that stuff? And you went there immediately with some images that are very striking and we all relate to. And then you're talking to your family members in their living room. And I was a little taken, okay, what's going on here? But you just mentioned how it opened, and you were talking also, Ms. Morrison, that things opened up as you went along. And I found myself, I mean, like I was living that process. I felt like I was just like you. I related to the 9-11s and the wars and everything that brings me down. And all of a sudden, my my spirit kind of opened with you as you went along. It seemed like you were going the same way. And at the same time, I was enlightened by the history that your family was so... In, in, LZ, you know, are we interviewing you? <laughs> yeah, please do. No, no, this can, is, can you cut it? I'd like a copy that of that this. I really would. No, seriously. I will give you a As copy. As producer, you know, yeah. but I think, everything I can use. My brother, Indeed. I want to say something, though. But my brother, I'm usually the one who stops him because I feel that my brother often interviews himself, and I'm sort of doing what and my I brother's doing right myself. now. <laughs> and because I always say, dude, let the people talk. They're the reason we're, you know, we're on the air. But I feel that it's important I, co- I, I convey this to our listeners because I, the, the trailer, no trailer does any movie justice unless they give away the whole movie. Can I ask you a question, yeah. uh, uh, Walter, on this film? Oh, a question. That I, that, <laughs> yeah, no commentary here. But a, a question on this film that, because – it, 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 the film uses uh, interviews, uh, your narration, uh, some uh, Reenact, pictures, reenactment, reenactments, archival photos. Great production. It's really good. And uh, it, it, it's in a time in Mexico during the Mexican Revolution. It, it, oh, um, the the uh, what do you call it? The social uh, implications, or I'm not sure I'm using the right words, uh, and how the oppression of the people. Uh, because of the powers that be did, does it change did it change uh, outside of the family discovering your family and genealogy did it change your perspective in any way in you know in how you view the social and political environment that we're in now it well parallels i think it. there it parallels are parallels exactly what's definitely. going on right i mean now. i think every time every society we we have to be on guard to not allow the concentration of money and power to become the the dominant force that that locks everybody else out and i'm not talking about democrats or republicans or liberals or conservatives i'm talking about access to to self expression and and not being exploited and and i think obviously at this point People in the United States aren't living the way they were in Mexico 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. 900 families had everything. Yes, it's true that in this country there are 900 families who own most of the wealth. Mm-hmm. But by and large, people are not starving here. We have plenty of people who go hungry every mm-hmm. night in this mm-hmm. city. But uh, but it could get there. Mm-hmm. It could get there if we allow it. If people aren't involved, if they're not aware, if they're not educated, if they're not thinking, you know, I appreciate people expressing their point of view. I may not agree with everything, but to be engaged and to be involved is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. To be in, aware. in Mexico at that time, you could not express yourself. Indeed, in America, the, the Revolución uh, press was, was uh, uh, hindered and stopped by American authorities, which yes. I was 
I was appalled at. And, and that, you know. Were you surprised? I was quite surprised, I, I must say. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, and, and you're right. I mean, I worry about things. Uh, history repeats itself if we don't, mm-hmm. we become complacent and what have no. you. But I want to, I'm sorry, were you going to no, say something? No, I was going to say, besides being complacent, uh, not interested. Yeah. They're just not interested yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. It's like a bunch of people who are just flapping their gums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I feel what they're, doing. they're just <laughs> flapping their gums. Walter know? says something that we're not going hungry, and I don't think we ever will because I think the system changed where now the government, in order to oppress you, will feed you just enough, you know, with social services. There are a lot of pockets. Come on, honey. There are a but, lot of. But we will be oppressed but in many other ways. But th- that's an There's idea. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. And you want, Walter and I wanted to be. Um, Aligned with a product, with a film that didn't add confusion to the world, mm. that made people want to reconnect mm-hmm. connections, mm-hmm. connections. People are into their cell phones and mm. everything and all this technology. People don't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Connections, so, looking in so, someone's face. So how, how, how does that happen with this, with Proxas and Emilio and... Um, um, uh, I forget the names all of a sudden. All these characters It were happens real. in there, but it draws in the audience. And we've had screenings of the film. Uh-huh. And a lot of young people, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like there's no CGI, there's no 3D, but th- they felt things. They right. laughed, they cried. They were feeling. Yeah. They were feeling, my God. Yeah. That's what you really want to do. You want You want to connect with people, make them laugh, make them cry, make yeah. them feel make them want to go home and talk to their elders and find out the history you, about them. you want to know where i felt what you're talking about where i felt the deepest i felt like when you met that lady in the cemetery mm. oh. and the the, the oh. she seemed like such an uh, amazing soul an amazing woman that she had so much emotion for you who just met you and i felt who hasn't somehow crossed the a path with a person like that it doesn't happen that often though you know, and to see that on film captured so, uh, so intimately, I felt like I was sitting there right next to you. I got, I got choked up. It was very, very. I, every time I see that scene, I get, I get all choked can up I all over them, again. Can I tell them the the, the mystery? About yes, you can. Scene? There is a great deal. There's <laughs> oh. a great deal of mystery in the making of this film, and in that scene, you which t- to me it. is a kind of a climactic scene of the film. <laughs> Uh, there, there is a great deal of mystery. Our editor Maria was working on that sequence to edit it, uh-huh. and uh, it was just Walter, and our cameraman, and Victoria and her husband, in this empty, empty cemetery, and the scene went on. And as Maria was editing it, she called me downstairs because we have our, our editing room in our house downstairs. Uh, of course. And she put <laughs> she put the earphones and she said, "Listen." And as Victoria was talking about her dead child and her dead brother, suddenly we heard someone saying uh, the rosary. Uh, women. women. Women saying doing, the rosary. Saying the rosary, reciting oh, the rosary wow. in the background. And oh, when she was talking, we, had, we couldn't include it in the film, but she talks about but wait, having lost her child. There was no one there. No. When they shot that scene, there was nobody else there. But 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 the the audio equipment captured the sounds of women reading a ro- uh, doing the rosary, reciting the rosary, wow. and when she was talking about her baby di- uh, having died, mm-hmm. there's a baby crying in the background. Now you things th- like that were happening all through making of this film. Mm-hmm. You know the I- people we would meet, the, the gifts. So it's like we were 
Walter. Walter, I was the, I'm the bad guy. I'm telling everybody that's too much money. We can't have no, 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 no. Oh, honey, oh. Every oh, woman's that way. No, it's like, you know. I just told him just so there's enough left that sure. I'm not a bad sure. lady. No, not enough. You no. know, I'm no spring chicken, honey. God, I have my goodness. Do you know how old I am? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. You're you're gorgeous. Yeah, you're thank you. Next, in a couple of months, I'll be seventy-eight. Oh, no, wow. Who Holy, would lie about that? Holy yeah. moly. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm 11 years older than Walter. Wow. Right on. She's a, she's a cougar. Yep. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mama tigress. <laughs> so, you know, um, I do, I'm a very rational person. I'm very much the skeptic. I'm not into the esoteric, ask my brother, at all. But I do believe, because I'm a man of faith, I do believe in angels. I do believe that God brings angels, not just because I have a brother angel, but I do hey, believe, well, you know, I for, felt that I've met angels, uh, real angels, and I think that that woman was placed by God. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. We all, we <laughs> oh all that goodness. afternoon was... Uh, what an w- incredible observation. It, it happened just yeah. the way it's in the film. Yeah. And uh, it, so we were all, all of us who were there afterwards were just couldn't sleep afterwards thinking of just the magic of the whole thing yeah. and the power of it. For our listeners, to, and without spoiling anything, um, um, as Walter goes through this film seeking uh, background and looking for his father's, I'm sorry, grandfather Tata's uh, past, finding the home and hopefully the place where his uh, grandfather's mother lived. And uh, throughout there, it had, you went through dead ends. You went through some very hopeful leads that turned out to be nothing. And at some point, he meets a woman and a man in this old cemetery. And it looks like there may be a turning point, but, but it was just an amazing encounter. I'm not going to spoil yeah, anything, I promise yeah. you. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big it, fan it, of this. You know, this is a, a, a fabulous story. Uh, uh, it's a Mexican story. It's an American story. Uh, uh, I think that uh, it's worth, like you had said earlier, Shelley, it, uh, it's worth for even the youngest people to go see it because it's I actually see. It's I, so, could, it's, it's, I it's could see it as part of their story. curriculum in colleges. Now, now Tata, he, <clears throat> you know, you also touch on how uh, having come here, you know, after his history in in Mexico, and uh, and he once he started his family. You mean here, Tata? Tata, yeah, yeah. grandfather. Uh, your grandfather, the protagonist of the story, is that what you he's say? a protagonist? You're the protagonist. <laughs> I'm not a filmmaker. You know? I'm not just. A, <laughs> I just watch him. But uh, he's the lead subject. In spite of of the uh, or um, of the hard times, you know, if you will, and the struggles that he went through, he accomplished quite a bit over here. He was. Uh, uh, he, you could say he kind of accomplished the American dream. Uh, so I think that tells a lot uh, about you know, wh- you know that you can make it over here. It's, it was more than the American dream because he was so into social justice. Uh-huh. He was so in- and and the the different. He became this incredible uh, minister, mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. Uh, and worked really hard for the people worked for the people and he established i don't know how many different churches and 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 everybody just went to him Mm. like a magnet Mm. and he was a very very kind soul very kind soul and he loved nothing better than to help people 
in any way possible, he would help you. I well, feel uh, you, you. You have some great interviews with uh, your family in the in the film. I feel like I know your family. Mm-hmm. Like like I want to go have some chips. Let's and go have a beer and with some asada. You want my mother in law? You can have her. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same, right? No, yeah. no. He thinks I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I I presume they've seen the film, huh? Yes. And what's their take on this? Uh, they're, I think they're really, uh, for the younger people, especially the younger generation, the nieces and all that, uh-huh. uh, they just have such a sense of, they were just blown away uh-huh. because they had no idea how marvelous their family background was. Uh-huh. And I think that would be true for everybody. What a yeah. great esteem builder for your family, yes. the young I and the family. I sat behind the first big screening we had for the family and everything. I sat behind uh, Matthew and Stephen uh, our, our nephews, who were grand, great grandsons of Tata, and when his father would come on the screen, uh, who they adored, right. and they would both hit each other and say, <laughs> "Oh, oh, that's Robert! That's Robert!" Oh, you know, yeah. and it would just it was so, going through me uh, like electricity. Yeah. That <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, all of a sudden, they 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 felt a sense of pride. Uh-huh. Right. And I'm hoping I, that that will be the case for kids who come, for example, a group of boys and girls from the Boys and Girls Club uh, in, in Boyle Heights. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've invited uh, oh. them to, co- to come. So they're coming as a group. Fantastic. And uh, they're going to take the gold line out of, you know, and come up to Pasadena. They're going to have a day of it there. Awesome. And what I'm hoping the kids come away with is a sense of awareness of their own history as a group, as people, and also a sense of pride. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. these people accomplished all these things against all these odds and would give them some hope. Hey, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can do it. I can go to college. I can do whatever I, I really burn in my heart to do. We had, we had that feeling. My, uh, my wife can co- corroborate that. Uh, my wife and my sister and my son and I watched that film together and uh, after the film, we were just in count and com- we I had a sense of pride as if it was, you know, uh, it was like as if it was my family. Uh, I feel this, that indeed you've accomplished that with me when um, when you made for this all f- that's worth. Um, it's worth <laughs> I ain't worth, no spring chicken. Either. No, you, it's, it's worth <laughs> a great deal to when me. When you started this film, um, sorry, uh, no, did no. you start it as you were going to make a film or you just thought, well, I'm going to. F- Go down my family tree roots and just document it as I go. No, it was. Uh, or somehow you decided, wow, this is gonna kind be- of a little bit of both. A at little the bit of that. I was during that beginning. whole thing that Walter was in turmoil in nine eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, I found out that I had my third uh, bout of cancer coming up. Uh, so it was it was tough, and I was doing Willing Grace and try to time my surgeries right between mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'm here. Right on. But uh, Walter uh, was seeking answers, and so I really think he was led. And I think that the first thing that came to him was just to talk to his elders. Yeah, because they were very elderly, and it's like suddenly I realized, you know, you hit fifty and you begin become really aware, like wow, life doesn't go on forever. Mm -hmm. There is an end to it, Mm -hmm. and you start thinking about how many years you have left, and then you have friends who maybe died that year, your same age, and it really, really hits you. Mm-hmm. So I looked around, and I could see that there were some elders left, and I, if I don't ask those questions now, if I don't go spend time with them, they won't be there mm-hmm. another year or two from now. They won't be there. And all of that information, all that knowledge, all that history, all that connection to our ancestors will be gone. 
Mm-hmm. I, I felt um, um, a sense of sort of melancholy um, for the fact that I felt that you understood as you were making that film, or at least in, as I watched the film, that your your dad's mortality mm-hmm. was 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 impending. Yeah. Um, uh, was that really like that for you, for real? Oh I mean, yeah. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a very tough thing. My my dad, uh, I only, I think it's only when somebody in your family, especially a parent, gets really starts going. You know, they start fading. And he was always a very vigorous man and very, you know, and um, when you when you see them starting to fade away, it. Um, it really hits you hard in a way you, you don't realize how much how important they are in your life until suddenly you feel like they're leaving and, and then when so they're special. gone it's he really was devastating so special he was everybody adored him i mean my my gorgeous father-in-law who i just we would go camping we'd take him camping with us mm-hmm. and whale watching he was an adventurer and spaceships used to follow him Home from work. Wow, he was a really a very. He was really I think cool. I got my sense of imagination. From now this. I know the sequel. <laughs> the sequel's going to be Finding Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have a Bigfoot story. We do. Actually, we do. <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah. No, uh, we really do in Oregon. Yeah, I oh, love yes. this. Oh my God! When we were up there for the Sundance, uh-huh. not the film festival, the Native American ceremony. Uh-huh. Walter and I follow the Lakota and our Sundance. Our yearly Sundance is starting. Tree Day is the 22nd. It starts the 23rd through the 26th. And one of our spiritual sons is going to be dancing again this awesome. year. Wow. So, awesome. And uh, he pierces and so does he. And so for, the whole thing and for those of you that, if it, if you guys are just tuning in, which you probably aren't because you guys are here at the beginning because you're part of the Twin Park, here at uh, uh, Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, we have uh, director, producer, uh, Walter Dominguez and uh, producer, uh, uh, actor, but not an actor in this film, uh, Shelley Morrison of the film, documentary film, Weaving the Past, Journey of Discovery. Uh, this movie will premiere August 15th at Lemley's uh, Theater in Pasadena. What a great little city and a great little uh, theater to premiere it at. Yeah, and check you, it out, folks. Go check it out and go take a walk afterwards. And indeed, I, I'm a, we're going to be there. We'll be there. And you're, there's going to be a notable that uh, that's going to be uh, hosting. Yes, it? the uh, the mayor of the city is going to be introducing the film to Bogart. the premiere. Uh-huh. That Bill Bogart, uh-huh. a very very um, interesting man with an incredible background. Has uh-huh. he already seen the film? No, he hasn't. So yeah, wow. so he's taking. You know, he doesn't know, but. Uh, also, we expect to have a couple of other notables there, and uh, and we're very excited about that. They're welcoming us the to no. the city. It's El great. Portal, yeah. directly <laughs> across the street, right through the walkway. It's fabulous. Uh-huh. Abel, Abel, who owns the place. Go see the film, then go eat over there. Yes. It's terrific. I Walter, let me ask you. Hey, that. a couple of notables. That's me and you, Yeah, Jose. the twins are going to be you know, there. The twins. <laughs> let me ask you, Walter. How do you feel now? Uh, I feel, I really feel like a sense of completion. And having made the film, it took 13 years, and it was such a struggle to make. There were so many things that happened along the way, and um, I went through quite an emotional roller coaster. You know, a lot, losing my father in the middle of the making it. Shelley went through surgeries, and so on and so forth. Well, life life happens, but we but I completed the film. We completed the film, 
And I feel also one very important thing. I feel like I redeemed myself in a sense because when I was in, it comes up in the film and I think I won't talk about it too much, but there's a very powerful and personal reason for me going on that journey that's revealed during the film. So I'll leave it there, but uh, I'm, I really feel glad that I did it. And uh, so are we. We're glad you did it too. I know. <laughs> um, uh, please let our people, our listeners know where to find websites, all the information, please, for your film. Sure. You can go to www.weavingthepast.com, and there you'll find all kinds of interesting information. It's a very rich website. Uh, the Facebook page is Weaving the Past Journey of Discovery. There's a Twitter page. There's Twitter as well, at Weaving the Past. And, uh, again, the film will be running for one week only. It's an exclusive run. It'll only be that one week. So uh, I urge everyone who can to please make time and get over to Pasadena and see August 15th through the 21st, four shows a day. Come on down. I have an offer. For those of you listening who have a grandfather in your genealogy, whether you knew him or not, you should go. <laughs> and bring him, too. <laughs> Uh, we could talk on. I mean, that could go on with this. Unfortunately, we're running it's out of time. It's a beautiful film. Beautiful. I can't wait to see it again I, and, and at the theater this time. I think allows to have a beer in the theater. Mm, no, that was so. tailgate party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was Walter Dominguez, Shelley Morrison from the film, the filmmakers of Weaving the Past Journey of Discovery. Check it out, and we'll be right back with Angels Chill Lounge. Thank you, guys.
are using the wrong measuring stick. Too many times we come to conclusions using the wrong measuring stick, as in the case with these illegal immigrant children situation. The overwhelming argument tends to revolve around money. They're going to flood the system. It will cost too much money. My taxes should go to help American citizens, not them. I'm no economic expert, nor do I claim to know how this quote-unquote system works. What I do know is that this rhetoric indicates the wrong measuring stick or wrong perspective. Now, I don't doubt that there isn't enough money to help. No, excuse me. I, I doubt that there isn't enough money to help. And I doubt that the system would crash and could not be redesigned to accommodate. But nonetheless, it's the wrong measuring stick. Try this for good measure or measuring stick. Compassion. A helping hand to thy fellow man, woman, and child. Money comes and goes. It's a piece of paper. Its value changes based on how much you can buy with it. And it's got limits. It gets spent. While compassion is eternal. Its value is priceless. Its impact profound, far-reaching, and it's infinite. Unfortunately, compassion has been preconditioned out of our society, replacing it with the dollar and the fear of the lack of it. Jesus, the Bible says, having seen the multitudes whom were hungry, was moved by compassion and took a few fish and bread and multiplied it to feed all. So, let's give compassion a try. I mean, a real heartfelt, compassionate manifestation within our society. Chill. One love. And that is another edition of Angels Chill Out. Shoo! And that's the first time you got political on Chill Out. Chill out, dude. It's supposed to be... I'm the political guy hey, here. Hey, dude, I got compassionate, Holmes. You got political. I got compassionate. Anyways, thanks for listening to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel on TwinTalkCast.com. We broadcast every Tuesday night from Theo Luis's Garage. And uh, we also do it out of uh, the largest internet radio network in the world. And you can listen to our podcast on iTunes because we are iTunes, but we don't have an iRash. We want to thank our <laughs> guests, Walter Dominguez and the Rosario Dawson. Oh, my God. Hey. Oh, so nice. oh, she's adorable. She's adorable. <gasps> we met her. She's so, she was so thrilled that my character was called Rosario because usually Rosario is a man's name. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so she was really. <laughs> Shelly Morrison and Walter Dominguez. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you. This was fun. Rosario <laughs> from Will and Grace. Shelly Morrison. What, what am I talking about? Anyways, thanks for being here. Check out the film again. Check it out. Check it out. Just August fifteenth through the twenty-first at Lemley's Theaters in Pasadena. Uh, four shows a day. Uh, it's called Weaving the Past: Journey of Discovery. Yes. What a great film. Take your parents, take your kids, and uh, we'll see you there. Good idea. Take your parents. Next week, next week, we got The Bell. 
Awesome. Music, the music, music act. They're a music group out of uh, Mexico City, eh? Awesome. They're coming in. So and they're Chilangos. They're Chilangos, eh? All right. And they got no face. We got to go because uh, we have a show coming up. Remember to stay tuned. Can up, can up, can up. Stay tuned at <laughs> 9.05 p.m. for Tales from the Sunset Strip with Willie Bass. And we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Good night. Shoo!